To our dear Wellness Couch listeners, we are sending you all our love during these unprecedented times. Now is the time to appreciate what community really is all about. And on the back of our wellness base camps in Geelong and Camden being postponed, we've decided to run a virtual experience that anyone can attend. It's called Crisis to Confidence. Right now, the world faces five major challenges. The first one, fear and anxiety. So Kim Morrison will present Uncertainty and Love. The second one is social isolation. So Marcus Pierce is going to talk about how to build community during these difficult times. The third is mental and emotional despair. So Brett Hill will talk about how to develop resilience. The fourth is financial uncertainty. So Jason Witten will talk about creating financial security. And the fifth is a challenged immunity. So Cindy O'Meara will share how to boost our immunity during these times. Crisis to Confidence will be broadcast live on Saturday, April 4. And if you can't make it, you'll receive lifetime access. To register and for all the details, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thank you, Wellness Cow Tribe. We love you and send our virtual hugs and kisses. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, traditional recipes provided by the families of London's school children and derived from traditional family recipes originating in Europe, Africa and the Middle East, have in some cases been shown to be as effective as malarial medications. Researchers from the Imperial College London helped the school children test their family soup broths for activity against the malaria parasite. These broth recipes have been passed down from generations for the treatment of fever. Out of a total of 56 broths, five of these broths were shown to curb the malaria parasite by 50%, including two cases where the reduction was equivalent to the leading anti-malarial drug dihydroartemisinin. Four other broths were able to prevent the parasite maturing into a form that infects mosquitoes, potentially halting its spread. The study, published in the Archives of Disease in Childhood, was carried out by students at Eden Primary School in North London, alongside researchers from the Imperial College London. Artemisinin itself was originally isolated from a traditional Chinese medicine. Lead research professor Jake Baum from the Department of Life Sciences at Imperial said, Malaria kills more than 400,000 people per year and infects more than 200 million, yet resistance to our frontline drugs continues to emerge. We have to look beyond the chemistry shelf for new drugs, and natural remedies shouldn't be off our watch list, as artemisinin shows. While several of the broths showed promise, the common themes among them, if any, remain unclear. Some were vegetarian, some chicken-based, some beef-based, with no particular common ingredients. Professor Baum said it's really interesting to find potential routes for future drug development in something like your grandmother's soup. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is, first of all, it's just another massive tick for broths. Broths have been shown an absolute resurgence in recent times for a number of health benefits that they provide. They're very nutrient-dense. They're very good for your gut health. They're just a great way to get lots of great food and nutrients into your body. And this is just another, as I said, big tick for them. It also shows why we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to traditional recipes. We're so quick to say there's not enough evidence there, there's not enough research to support that yet, therefore we're just going to chuck it out and assume that these traditional remedies, these traditional therapies that have been used for thousands and thousands of years have no basis whatsoever. But it's really important we understand that 
lack of research doesn't equal lack of efficacy. Just because we haven't shown that it works yet, often we also haven't shown that it doesn't work yet. It just means it hasn't been tested. And so what it shows is that really more research, more money is needed for alternative medicine research. We need to look more closely at why these things have been around for such a long period of time, why so many people are reporting that they're getting positive benefits from these alternative medicines, and what is it about it? Let's get curious and see if we can figure out what is actually going on and how we might be able to use it to help more and more people. It also shows why practitioner experience and patient preference is still important. These are two of the three key pillars of evidence-based medicine, but they're the two that are most often brushed aside. You know, it is important that we use our research and that we study to find out what works and what doesn't. But in the absence of that research, as I said, listening to experienced practitioners who've seen these things over and over again, listening to patients' preference, listening to what they say, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, because they're all individuals. Each case is individual. So just because it works for most people or it doesn't work for most people doesn't mean it doesn't work for that one person as well. So we need to have a bit of individuality about our care too. So let's invest more in our research for our natural remedies. And in the meantime, let's not confuse lack of research with lack of efficacy. And let's show more curiosity when people say something works for them. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.